Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm so glad to see you all. It's interesting. I uh, got to go to the FWC for a week and then was back for a week and then got to go to Corpus for, a week, for half a week with my mom. And so I really wasn't gone that long, but I feel like I was away from the church forever when I finally got back. So um, thankful for the opportunity to share the word with you all this morning. And as we start, please just join with me as we pray one more time. Father, oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are here with us. We thank you for your spirit and your sacrifice, Lord Jesus, that unites us as one body. And we thank you that as we open the word, that you are here with us to open our hearts and our minds to receive it with a a joyful obedience, and we pray that we would by your strength. So, Lord, let your word come forth in power um, and understanding, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we're going to be looking primarily at Romans 12 this morning, starting in verse uh, 9. And the first line of that verse, or the first sentence of that verse is very powerful to me. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. You know, I feel like that's one of those verses that almost preaches itself. That if I just came up here and I just said that, and I let let love be without hypocrisy and just let it ring in the room, that it would really start to stir our hearts and cause us to meditate and convict us in ways all on its own. And, you know, Jesus, when he came, he came primarily to declare that the kingdom was near. That their healing was near, that salvation was near, and that he was the source of that. And when he went to the cross, he was bringing the fulfillment of all of God's promises and all of the kingdom down for us. But between his preaching of the kingdom and the cross, there was a major theme Uh, as Jesus ministered here on earth. And one of the major themes is that Christ was very often preaching against hypocrisy. Now, not maybe in the way that the world does today, but he came, he said, you know, you claim to be waiting for the Messiah, but here I am, and you reject me. You say you serve God in the temple, but really you only serve yourselves. The Pharisees, they pray loud with their hands up in the air, but they're really looking to be heard by men. And then, of course, one of the most famous episodes is as the Pharisees bring this woman who was caught in the act of adultery, however that happened, that's a strange one to me, Um, caught in the act of adultery, they bring her here and they say, Jesus The law says we should stone her. What do you say? You, without sin, cast the first stone. And Jesus wasn't wasn't saying that the woman wasn't guilty. Jesus never once tips toes around sin, right? In fact, he tells the woman at the end of that episode, go and sin no more. I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. But Jesus was preaching a love and a theology and an understanding of God that was without hypocrisy. 
And so what does hypocrisy really mean? So uh, as we see it here, it really means have a love that's sincere, have a love that's genuine, right? But we actually get our English word uh, hypocrite from a word that really was used for actors. It It was used for actors, Right, so when I think about the word hypocrite, really what it comes down to, it, it means wearing a mask. Right, you, we've all seen those masquerade parties where they have, or the, 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 the very basic picture of theater where there's a happy mask and a sad mask. Well, if I'm wearing a happy mask and that's all you see, you, it really doesn't matter what's going on behind it. It doesn't matter if I'm upset, if I'm hurting, if I'm angry, because all you see is a happy, smiling face. And a lot of times, that's, that's what we learn to do. We learn to, hey, you know, as long as I can show up, as long as I can shake the hands and smile and say, hey, how you're going, you know, that we're doing well. And there is this, there is this kind of this thought, this corporate thought, that as long as I'm nice enough to people, I'm really doing a good job as a Christian, right? But the problem is, as long as we're wearing a mask, it's not really fixing the problems that are in here. It's just a cover. And so many times we can have bitterness, we can have anger, we can have hatred, we can have hurts, insecurities that we aren't letting God properly free us from and deal with because it's easy enough just to cover it up. And not only for ourselves, but as long as I'm, hey, you know, as long as I shake a hand and, oh, you're good, have a nice day, you know, there could be issues in that man's heart, in that woman's heart, that aren't being dealt with. Because there's not a genuine love that I'm expressing enough to find out, right? And many times we wear masks. So let love be without hypocrisy. I want to read for you Romans 12, 9 through 16. It says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another and do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. So Friday night at, a, at our home, we had home church, and the subject there was selfless love, right? It's a, it's a love that we have from Christ where the view of who we are and how we're affected isn't even in the picture as we seek to love other people. It's a love that always seeks the best for someone else. And that's the type of love that we have to have to love without hypocrisy. It's a love that cares for others and their well-being. 
And that's why this starts with abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. You know, a true love that comes from God. I asked the question Friday night, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? It's really a simple, simple answer. You know, it's not a loaded question. It means to be Christ-like, right? It's to, to allow the character of God to come in and change us. And if God is so defined by love, so should we, right? But part of that process is we have to learn, if there's a genuine love of God in us, we have to learn to hate what God hates. And God does despise things, right? Our brother brought one of them up. What is one of the things that God hates in the Old Testament? A haughty look, right? God hates a haughty look. God hates slanderous tongues. God hates feet that are quick to violence. We have to learn to, to acknowledge those things that are evil. There is good and evil in this world, and there is good and evil in people's lives that will either bless them or destroy them. And if we really love people, we have to learn to abhor those things that are evil and that are going to harm my brother. And I have to learn to love and to rejoice in those things which are good that are going to bless him. Not because it has anything to do with me. Not because I'm going to benefit from it. Not because, oh, when I say, oh, man, Ed, you're just so great. I wish my beard was as long as yours because it doesn't grow, you know, that well. And, uh, you know, not because encouraging him makes me feel good or makes me look good because then I'm just worried about this mask. What is it, what is it that people see? But because there is a genuine care, right? There is a genuine love for Ed and I want him to excel in those things which are godly and I want to turn him away from those things which are harmful. You know what, even if it makes him not like me. As a pastor, I, I have the amazing opportunity of making a lot of people not like me. And, and, you know, hey, but it's because I love them, right? Sort of like Jesus, that's right. See, we have to learn that, uh, we have to learn to look at others the way God sees them. God's not a hypocrite. God doesn't act. God doesn't pretend to be good but he's really not. Just like Jesus, Jesus didn't tap around sin, right? God is very clear about who he is, about what he expects, about what is holy and what is not. And when he looks at other, when Jesus went to the cross, in that episode, there was, there was not much benefit to Christ as he was whipped and beaten and blasphemed and crucified. There were no, there, there, if he was doing something for himself, that was a bad way to do it. But he came and he offered himself as a sacrifice for the same people that put him there. The same people that ridiculed him. The same people that put the nails in his, his hands. The same people who were not repentant, who were not loving, who were not kind. He loved them because he saw them the way his father did. A father who blesses, or who, who brings good on the evil and the just. And so it's, it's easy many times for us to, to love those who love us, right? It's very easy to be friendly with those who are friendly. 
But here's what it says in verse 10. It says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, and in honor give preference to one another. Give preference to one another. Now, this is where things um, can get a little bit harder, but it's also a good test for us on how do, how do we begin to, to know what it means to love like God loves. That's a big bill, right? How do we begin to understand that? Well, first of all, it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Who is, who, who is he talking about there? I mean, we could say everyone, right? But primarily, he's talking about the other brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's interesting, he doesn't say be kindly affectionate and think of them better as yourself unless they're Baptist or Lutheran or Pentecostals, right? He doesn't say, or even unless they're struggling and you really see how you're better than them. No, 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 no. But to be kindly affectionate. And this is something that actually convicts me from time to time because this doesn't just mean being nice, right? To be kindly affectionate, there, there, is, a, there is a physical expression of fondness, right? And there are some people, like we, were, we had a wonderful, wonderful uh, celebration service for Linda Tier. We were celebrating that she is resurrected with Christ in the Spirit and that she is not gone, but she is alive. And it was a wonderful service. And when I see Ray Tier, he is sown into me through the Job Corps, and I've, I've become his friend. And there is just a love that pours out, and I just want to hug him. You know, I just want to, it's really funny, too, because he can be real stiff and proper. And, you know, he puts his hand out, and I jump on him with a hug. And sometimes I think he's like, oh. <laughs> and there's a, that's a fondness that I have for him. But that is the type of expression that we should have not out of an act because we have to do it, but because God is doing a work in our heart and that the love of God has first filled us that we have for all our brothers and sisters. We should be able to walk in here and it could be filled with new people, brand new people. They all moved in from California. God bless the Californians. And, uh, but you know what? They're born again believers and we should just have a love for them not because they've proven anything to us, not because they've done good to us, but because, you know what, those are God's children. And I've come to learn that the same love and infinite grace that God has given me, he has given to every one of you. Even with our different faults and struggles, that we should have a love and a fondness that is genuine, and one of the things that we have to discipline our hearts to do, and this is, this is a, good, a good tool on are we really loving people the way we're called to love, is it says in honor, in honor, giving preference to one another. What does that mean? You know, actually, what I wanted to talk about, I feel like Jude, right? What I wanted to talk about this morning was honor. And as I came to the scripture, that first verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy, just jumped off the page to me. But to honor people is to show some sort of esteem, right? And we give honor typically to those who are, for lack of a better term, who are above us, right? Dignitaries and the president, these, these people of position, 
But the Bible tells us to honor all the brethren. Actually, there's a verse, I should have I brought it up so I had it, but it says to outdo one another in showing honor. Man, what if we had a passion for that? What if we had a passion to outdo, not, not you know, okay, not in the competition sense, but if I just, you know, when I saw Bob and I saw the life in him and how he, you know, how he just loves people, and I just wanted to show honor to him, and I wanted to make it a purpose of my heart, and not just to him, but to his wife, and to Ed, and to Lloyd, and I wanted to, that was, that was my focus, and that was my love, is just to honor you all, not because that any of us in ourselves are worthy of honor, but because God has given us a worth and an honor, right? Because he loves us. And what if my heart was so in tune with God that, that I had joy, that I had joy in putting you all above myself? That, that road to love, to honoring one another, to esteeming other peoples above myself, I think really that's a road that teaches us how to love. Because if we take that road, it begins to take us out of the picture. I'm no longer worried about what do I get in return. I'm no longer worried about, well, am I going to look good if I do this? I'm no longer worried about, well, if I get too close and I'm really, you know, do I really have to, you know, if, if I say, hey, are you doing good? And they say, no. Oh, great. Now i got to listen to why it's a no. No. I have a joy. If it's a no, man, I want to know why. I want to pray for you. I want to bless you because I want to honor you the way that God has honored me when I was of no worth to be honored. Of no worth to be honored but that a genuine love comes with affection and honor. It's a love that doesn't lack in diligence, that it's fervent in spirit, and all these things are done not just to serve people, but to serve God. And I love fervent in, in spirit. It, it's, I don't know what it is about fervent, but it's like every time I come to that, I've probably Googled that word like eight times. I know what it means. I know the definition, but I always look it up again. I don't know why. And just recently, I looked up the word fervent, and there was a commentary that came up about it. And rather than just a plain definition, it talked about fervent in spirit being like, like water boiling over onto the fire. That when we let the genuine love of God come and stir up our spirit, it should boil over out of us and our love should just be that overflow just splashing onto people. And I love that because I've experienced what that's like. That's true ministry. When it's not a work, it's not a, a program, it's just an overflow. And I've also experienced what it's like to not have that and try to minister and love people. We need to have affection. We need to have honor for one, for one another. And you know, that can be hard. Because being that type of genuine, being having a love that's without hypocrisy, it means that we have to have a couple of, of attributes about ourselves. And this is going to lead us to our closing. Um, it means that we have to be open. 
about who we are before the Lord. We have to be open about who we are before others. We have to be um, honest, and we have to be vulnerable. One of the reasons people, you know, they wear a mask in, in a, what's the word I'm looking for, in a uh, metaphorical sense, when we put up masks, sometimes it's because they want to portray something that they're not, and that's really what being a hypocrite is, but also it can be because they want to protect themselves. They, they don't want people to see what's really going on, right? They don't want to be vulnerable. But here's the problem. As long as we aren't willing to make ourselves vulnerable before God and before one another, what does the Bible say? Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Healed. There's healing. Because when things are hidden and they're left in the dark, there they are. And our hearts are in the dark. But when, all, when things become manifest, when things come to the light, the Bible says they become light. And what does Jesus say about us as the church? That we are supposed to be the light of the world. But how, how do we become, how do we walk as lights to the world when there's darkness still, still in here? We have to learn to be vulnerable before God and before others and allow God to come in and to be honest, say, you know what? I do struggle there. I am having these, these issues. You know, that, that person over there, their struggle, they don't seem to get the Christian life, you know, they're an addict or this or this, but you know what? I was there at one point too. I told a brother just recently, he was struggling, and I said, you know, the problem with, with um, people who have been heavy, heavily addicted is they think, well, as long as I'm not back in that place on those drugs, I'm doing good. You could be anywhere on the spectrum in between, but as long as I'm not in that dark place doing drugs, I'm okay. And I had to tell this brother, I'm sorry, but there's an issue in your heart, and it may to the world not look like a big deal, but as far as your heart before the Lord is concerned, it's the same thing. It's just a different context, you know. And the only, the only good that we have in us, the only, the only reason we're free or farther along than others is because we've received grace. We've received. We didn't make, we didn't earn, we've received. So why do we act as if we did not receive it, Paul says. Jesus loved us with a genuine love. He honored us when we didn't honor him, and he left his life as an example. He left his spirit to empower us in this work. That is, when we open our hearts and we let God come in and deal with us, he takes that speck out real, you know, that log out, I'm sorry, that log out real gently. You know, this is something Pastor Mark said that it's always stuck with me. We learn how, how gently he takes that log out. Then we learn how gently we need to take the speck out of our brother's eye. It's because God first loved us that we learned to love others. And there's a fear sometimes because, you know, you know what? You know what might happen if I'm vulnerable? If I'm open? If I don't guard my heart? If I don't put up a wall, a little bit of distance between others? You know what might happen if I'm just, if I just love people so boldly? They might hurt me. They might hurt me. We get that all the time with 
take people in. Don't you know they could rob you? Well, they could rob me. I guess they could, yeah. But you know what? God is my protector. Who's yours? We might get hurt. But there's a confidence that comes with knowing who God is in us. There's a perfect love that casts out that fear. That I can love boldly regardless of the outcome and God will protect me from that hurt. God might protect me from ever getting hurt in the first place. And there's a confidence in God. We have to learn first to honor others as Christ honored us. And I want to I want to end this sermon with 1 John 3:18 through 23. That says this. My little children, let us not love in word or tongue. That's easy to do. That's easy to do. But let us love in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask from him, we receive because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. Amen. Guys, let's pray and ask the Lord to, to send us out in a spirit of his love. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, for this, this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that true love isn't a work that's in us, but it's something that you produce, Father, as we open our hearts to you. And as we pray, Father, that you give us eyes to see each other the way you see us. So, Lord, soften our hearts I pray right now, Lord, that the walls that we might not even know are there, that we would give those to you, that you would make them fall. And that you would just let that fervent outpouring of your spirit be what leads us in affection and selfless love to one another. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.